Hello, this is uh, Pastor Ernie Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California, and thank you for joining me uh, wherever, however, whichever way you are hearing this. Uh, we are studying the Word of God, and that is what we do here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. We study the Word of God, and today we go with Genesis three sixteen to 24, and this is, again, uh, God's... Many would see this as uh, God's... Uh, uh, handing down judgment on Adam and Eve. But yet at the same time, uh, through it all, we see the umbrella of God's grace uh, continuing, to, uh, continuing to comfort and care for, uh, care for Adam and Eve. And this is a, a great text uh, in the midst of what they had done, yet the Lord is still there. And uh, he continues to provide for them. So why don't we get out of here? Uh, let's begin with a word of prayer. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, your continued grace. Lord, we know that uh, we do fall short, that we are sinners. But yet, O oh Lord, you, you, have comforted, you have comforted us and, 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 and have given us the redemption, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bless us this day in your word. And may this word continue to point us to our salvation in our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so today, uh, what are we going through? Yeah, that's right. Verse 16. Get out your Bibles here. Uh, Genesis 3, first book of the Bible. Genesis 3, 16 to 24. Remember, last week we talked about uh, uh, the, the, the punishment handed down to the devil with the heel, with the head, with the offspring from the enmity between serpent and offspring from the woman of the offspring uh, that would ultimately be uh, that great hostility would be Jesus uh, uh, that this would be uh, the devil's uh, greatest opponent in a sense where Jesus would defeat him Uh, this is the Lord uh, promising that the savior of the world would come and and here uh, from the from the heel to the crucifixion to the bruised head where there the devil would be crushed Uh, here we see now as God is turning to um, Adam and Eve and, and, their, and their judgment. Um, yes. I mean, quickly we say, oh no, okay, here we go. This is what they deserve. But at the same time, again, as I say it, we'll see that law gospel paradigm in a sense where, yes, they fall short, but yet God still provides for them because God is a merciful, gracious God, slow uh, abounding in slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, right? And, and here we see that whole whole paradigm of the law and the gospel and how important it is in the midst of our sin and consequence to know that in this life of repentance, we are unshaken because the hope is Christ and what he has done for us. And remember that. That's very important. <clears throat> he had a good sleep yesterday. <laughs> More energy today. That's very good. Sorry, non sequitur. Anyways, back at it. Uh, verse 16. Why don't we just kick in? Kick in. I am the king of non sequitur. You know, just random. 
Anyways, uh, verse 16. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Okay, so clearly, uh, what is happening here? Pain, childbearing, right? Uh, we very well know that... Oh, that's right. I want to do that chart here, which I, I don't have a, uh, well, I guess I'll try. Uh, we see uh, in verse 16, we see the before, right? And that is before the fall. You know, we talk about be fruitful and multiply. And one could imagine the, the pure bliss of this oneness of marriage uh, as God joined these Adam and Eve from the rib uh, together uh, uh, to have this gift of not only marriage, but also childbearing. But now after the fall, what do we see? We see pain, right? Uh, we see burdens. We see toil, right? We even see the need of order in marriage, right? And, and this is very important in a sense where before we see uh, that oneness of marriage. Now, in the fall, what do we see? We see this blame game. We see this division. Uh, we see how sin has really caused a incision. You like that incision? <laughs> this, uh, this cut uh, in 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 this marriage. I don't know why I'm laughing. This is a sad thing, right? That because of sin, uh, uh, we see right here. Uh, okay, back to being serious. Uh, we see right here that marriage now has an order. Now, again, uh, from the oneness of the rib, oneness of marriage, let not God, uh, what, with what God has joined together, let not men, uh, let a man not separate. Sorry, my words aren't coming out this morning. But here we see that because of sin, there needs to be order, right? There needs to be this order that the male will rule or the husband will rule over you. Now, again, um, in this order, uh, we very well know how though order is good in this sin-filled world, we know that even in the midst of that order in those positions, how the husband can become tyrannical as the woman can be, uh, rather than Ephesians 5, submit to your husband's uh, the woman could be uh, very uh, obstinate to that. Uh, the, the man could lord it over. The woman could deny any type of uh, submission. And, and there, we see that, there we see that conflict, right? And, and this is all rooted in the consequence of sin, right? Vocation of parenthood, childbearing, becomes a burden, toil, and pain, Right? Remember, before and after picture, be fruitful and multiply, oneness and marriage, after, pain, childbearing, order, because there needs to be order because of uh, this consequence of sin. And there, even in that order, we see the failure in vocation of husband and wife. Right? So again, uh, the fall is detrimental. That is uh, even uh, an understatement. Uh, about how we would describe the fall. But here, uh, for the woman, uh, there, this is that before and after. I should use different pens to make it more pop out here, but, you know, this is live. 
too late. Anyways, uh, as we again, as we look at this, uh, uh, as we look at the woman again, this is the um, this is the consequence, and and you see the before and after, and and what a what a um, what an upside down picture this is afterwards, right? Okay, uh, continue on here, verse seventeen to nineteen. Uh, we see what? We see now the indictment on Adam, the man. Why don't we read this together? And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife, and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, Till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Those are the very words that we hear uh, when we uh, are there on Ash Wednesday, when we receive those, uh, the imposition of the ashes. We very well know, uh, we hear those words, remember you are dust, and to dust you shall return. The picture of mortality for the wages of sin is death. And here we see that indictment on Adam. And we'll talk about that a little more. But before that, beforehand, we see the other things, such as thorns and thistles. Again, what is this picture of, right? This is a picture of disease, hardship, famine, drought, natural disasters. I'm writing so small for you guys. Sorry. What, what else? Disease of, of even the seed in the ground, right? Uh, the thorns and thistles are, uh, are of no good, right? And, and we see the reality of, of the before in this garden where everything was plentiful and, and, and prosperous and what a joy it was to work the garden. A joy it was, right? And again, these are things I wanted to bring up, but that's why I need another... Um, whiteboard. Uh, but we see the great joy of, of working in the garden, right? We, we see that before. But now afterwards, we see the, the burden again, the sweat on the brow, the sweat on the face, the toil, the affliction, right? Before and after. And here we see even, even the, 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 the plants from the ground. Uh, there are thorns and thistles. There is uh, a disease, famine. Nothing is perfect, right? Uh, there, there is all these weeds and, and this hardship. And we see that before and after picture. And quickly we realize the consequence of sin is here given by God. Now, again, this is very important uh, of why God gives them the consequence of sin. Well, because uh, God said, if you do this, right, you will surely, you will surely die. And um, he, he said what he said, and if they fail to do so, eat from the knowledge of good and the, the knowledge of good and evil. If they ate from that tree, surely they would die. And here we see again God following through um, uh, on that very promise, right? This before and after, the burden, toil, affliction, and, and we see the different picture. Remember, this life again before. Woman, joy. After, pain. Before, man, joy. After, pain. Right? And, and we see how this, uh, uh, how this manifests itself in our world today. Right? 
Again, oh, that's right, I forgot, I should talk about this. Um, again, uh, man, hmm. Um, we see a world that is filled with these very things, right? And I think the very important part of it is to understand that this, this is all rooted from the fall, right? Sickness, affliction, burden, uh, pain in childbearing, uh, childrearing. Uh, uh, we see the sweat on the brow, the exhaustion of life, uh, burnout, uh, uh, toil, anxiety, pain, suffering, all these things. They're all rooted spiritually in the fall. Now, when we, when we cut out the spiritual understanding of why these things are happening in this life, what do us humans do? We try to band-aid them by our own human endeavor or pursuit, right? We fail to see the human condition, spiritual condition that we are all facing. And therefore, if we fail to see the true spiritual problem ever since Genesis 3 and the consequence of sin, then we will be uh, barking up the wrong tree. Is that the idiom? I don't know, right? Or chasing our tails or, or majoring in minors or you know what I'm talking about, right, friends? <laughs> that we're going to be always focusing on the wrong thing, the wrong, uh, the problem. And also, if we're not seeing the right problem, then we're never going to see the right remedy right? Uh, that is from above, but rather we're going to toil in this perpetual cycle of our flesh, thinking that in that pursuit of trying to reach perfection or trying to do something to get better, uh, we will get there, but rather it always reverts back to the spiritual condition. What are we really dealing with? And this is the reality of the fall into sin. And, and here in our world today, this is what we face. It's all rooted in sin. It's all rooted from the fall. And um, what, a, what a before and after picture uh, of, of how upside down our world is, right? Now again, um, of course, Luther would say right here, based on verse 16 and 19, I suppose, he writes in his volume one, book of Genesis commentary, uh, volume one, page 198. If this stands, that the head of the serpent must be crushed, the hope for resurrection from the dead is sure. Then whatever is inflicted on the human race is bearable, provided this hope remains unshaken. So why do I give you that quote? Because that quote shows you that even in the midst of the burdens and the, the toil and the consequence of sin, there is that hope, that, that anticipation of what is to come in the offspring of a woman, Jesus Christ, to be the Savior of the world. That in the midst of that affliction, and for us too, in the midst of our own struggles and sufferings and conflicts and challenges, the tentatio, the, the spiritual attack of the devil, right? We very well know that we live in the now, but wait for the not yet. We live now as redeemed sinners. We wait for the not yet, that true fulfillment, the complete fulfillment in his final return, right? But we know that even in the midst of that suffering, there is the hope of the Savior. And therefore, we continue on in this life of faith with our eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith, our great physician. But yet, in this now, this is our cross. This is what we deal with. And... And this is not just a happenstance wonder, but rather this is all a consequence of our 
uh, of our of our fragility, uh, of our sin, of of the fall and the separation from God. Okay, so this is again a picture that uh, really diagnoses not only man and woman in the garden, but also for humanity today the the various ways to which uh, the 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 fall and the sin has brought forth this upside down world. All right. So remember, connect that. And as I said it with Luther's quote, that we are unshaken. Remember, understanding the spiritual problem of sin and the separation of God and the power of the devil, uh, there it's only Christ. And there it's only Christ. And that is the remedy and the cure uh, in the face of the battles that we face. Because friends, I know all of you face battles. Uh, yet there is one who has conquered the battle for you, and that is Jesus. All right. Continuing on here. Uh, verse 20. The man called his... Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, the man called his wife's name Eve. Oh, that's right. Remember, you are dust, and the dust shall return. Here in verse 17 and 19, ultimately, that burden is death. Right? The way to which God created... Adam is the same way to which he would return to that very ground, and that is of mortality. Right? Upside down. Remember, before, life eternal. Now, death. But remember, friends, the anticipation for them was Christ. For you, Christ has died and rose. And for us, though we will face death one day, uh, there we know we have life in his name for the resurrection proves such things. If you want to know more about the resurrection, please check out my live catechism here on our YouTube page, which is uh, live recorded on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Check that out, please. Anyways, so death comes in the world. Uh, we, we know the, the whole menu of that fall into sin and... We see in verse 20 what? We see, interesting, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. She was the mother. Our first parents, Adam and Eve, populated this world. We are who we are by our first parents. We are inheritors of that very sin, but also the mother, the madre, right, of the living. And that is ultimately what? Not just the bios, but also the, the uh, actually, I'll just write my daughter's name, Zoe, right? The Zoane, right? Uh, 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 and this bios is life, physical. The Zoane is uh, Christ's life, and that is ultimately from the line of the living, from the mother of all living, there would come the seed of Christ who would save as he is the life of the world, dying the death, rising on the third day, and giving life in his name. All right. Um, and, and again, this is the, 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 the subtle hint that God continues to provide for the world. Ultimately, in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
right? And we see this right here. Again, what do I say? We are unshaken because what? The hope is Christ. And through Eve, through uh, 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 the line, and ultimately through the virgin birth, the incarnation there, Christ would be the life of the world as he died the big death to, to give us life and life in his name for the forgiveness of our sins. And this is what that hope, that anticipation is all about, that we sinners we have the Redeemer who, who, for our sake, took sin upon himself. And that is the life that came to this world to die and rise so that we may have life in his name. See, again, the, the continued gracious God who bestows upon us uh, his love for us. Okay, I know I'm running out of time here. I have a meeting soon, so we're going we're gonna to kind of zip through this. Verse 21, I know I'm a... They say, uh, what do they say? They say people who... Uh, put too many things in at one time. <laughs> they're optimists, but they're always late to their next appointment. So we'll see what happens. Um, verse 21, gracious covering of God. Okay, again, this is very important. Another picture of in the midst of sin, there is the grace of God. And what does he do for them? It says, and the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them, right? Garments of skin, garments of skin. That is indicating animal skin. That means there is a, some animal had to be sacrificed or killed so that, uh, what? God could provide the covering. Now, man-made, verse 7, we know, what did Adam and do? Their eyes opened, they saw their nakedness, and they sewed fig leaves together. Again, uh, when we talk about uh, coverings, Again, this is another important motif. Do man-made coverings, are they, are they good? I mean, are they long-lasting? Are, are, are they helpful? Now, again, uh, we could take this in so many different ways, and I don't want to go too far in the deep end because I can be a deep end swimmer. <laughs> but the point is, is that when we talk about man-made things, they cannot cover us. They tried. We know they hid. They sewed fig leaves together. They couldn't hide from God, right? We don't, and, and that is their desperate attempt to cover up their sin. But rather, um, God gives them the skin of the animal. And, and this is God's grace shown to them that in the midst of their own sin, he would give them an animal skin. Again, an animal skin. Now we can, we can draw this out and, and go to the Passover lamb in the Exodus, but then also that's the sacrifice that would cover them, right? The doorpost of lintel, but also the sacrifice of Christ that would cover him. Behold, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, that that would cover them and forgive them and wash away their sins. So we, we see this covering as a, as an anticipation, as a looking forward to, as we look at this big picture as a whole, that even in the midst of their sin, God grants them this covering of this animal skin, and, and that is that garment. Remember, what, when we think garment, we think baptism. We think the garment of grace. We think the robe of righteousness, Galatians 3.27. We think uh, of God covering us and claiming us and, and, name, and knowing our name by the gift of our baptism. And, and here we see God giving them. This is that gospel work 
work that God gives them this eternal covering for them. And, and, and this is that picture of God's grace being bestowed in the midst of their man-made attempt, which proves to be futile as they could not hide from their sin, nor could they hide from God. But yet by his grace, God gives them the ultimate covering of animal sacrifice. Again, the anticipation of what is to come uh, for, uh, for humanity. And, and this is where God comes into play. We're not saying because this is who you are, you work out your salvation. No, God is saying, I give you a covering. Uh, I give you my grace. I give you ultimately the Christ who will come into the world to save people from their sins. Matthew one twenty one. right? Yes. Okay. Verse 22 to 24. I know we're running out of time here. All right. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Now because they ate, now as it reads right here, they knew good and evil. And therefore it was time to be cast out. Lest they eat from the tree of life and live forever. This was their indictment. It was because of consequence of sin, there is death, right? Again, but even in that consequence of being cast out of the garden um, and that reality of death as well, uh, there would be life. There would be that promise of grace, uh, God giving to them, uh, well, uh, this looking forward to what is to come from the seed of a woman. Remember, Genesis 3.15. All right. Uh, verses 23 and 24, as we read it here. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man and at the east of the garden of Eden, he placed the cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. I'm going back again. Sorry, I'm, this is live, so there's no editing and I do a lot of you know, reversing here. But in verse 21, I wanted to read you this quote based on the coverings. This is from Herberger, Herber, Herberger's book, The Great Works of God, which I highly recommend you read. Uh, it says right here on page 210, Dear Lord Jesus, you were the first butcher. You slew a lamb. You were the first tanner. You worked the skins with the skill of a master craftsman who has in his hands all that is needed to make a fine garment. This clothing reminded Adam and Eve of their sins every day and acted as a salutary repentance sermon for them. Every morning as they put on their clothes, they talked about their situation thus, O God, what miserable souls we have become. O forgive us our sins and take away our shame and disgrace for the sake of the promised virgin's son. So that covering again reminds them not only of this, uh, of God's grace, but also of their sin. Right? That this law and gospel picture is continuing on, that they're reminded that they need to be covered up because of their sin, but yet there is the one who covers them, and that is the gospel, that is the grace of God. And we see that repentant sermon, as Herberger, Herberger would say, uh, uh, of reminding them of their own covering, why they need to be covered because of their sin, but yet at the same time, full of grace, there God covers them. Um, Herberger, the great works of God. Check it out. All right, so here in verses 23 and 24, what do we see? We see the cherubim, 
right? This angelic being on the east side of the garden, again, cherubim, as we know, uh, were uh, engraved uh, to guard, uh, engraved in that tabernacle. Uh, there um, in the Ark of the Covenant, uh, we see the engravings of uh, cherubim on, on the inner curtain of the tabernacle as well. And in essence, and if you ever want to read more about Cherubim, go to Ezekiel 1, Ezekiel 10, and there you'll see about the four, four faces, the four wings. Um, you, you can also go to Revelation, Revelation 4 as well. But I think the point is here is that there the cherubim would guard the garden so that no one could return. Right? Now, why is that so important? You know, why is this so important? Why is that no point of re-entry was allowed? Why is that so important that the flaming sword, the cherubim, was there to guard the entrance? In essence, it means that we, by our own human reason or strength, right? We, we are unable, Apostles' Creed Article 3, but we are called by the gospel, Right? Remember that. We, by our own human reason or strength, we are unable. We cannot return. We cannot elevate. We cannot escalate and, and, and earn by our own merits, by our own works, to return to the good grace of God. Right? And this is the picture of, well, there is only one way, and that is Jesus. Reconciliation with God can only happen through the true high priest, our mediator, Jesus Christ. And here we see, again, what is the point? Is that in the midst of their sin and our sin, though we by our own strength are unable to reconcile ourselves to God, God provides By his grace, he gives to us Jesus. The one who provides the way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We all know that, John 14, 6. That he is our, uh, he was raised for our justification, as it says in the Bible. And here we see that though we cannot, as the cherubim is guarding uh, uh, the garden, Uh, There, Jesus would be the one who would ultimately reconcile us from this upside-down kingdom to give us the great joy of restoration, of peace, of forgiveness, um, of life. And therefore, in this day and age, though we face this, friends, take heart, do not be afraid. Peace I give to you, uh, not as the world do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Uh, Do not be afraid, John 14, 27. I didn't say it perfectly, but you know what I mean. Here we are reminded that though we have fallen short, our hope is unshaken because we have the promise of Christ. When Jesus says it is finished, you are justified and declared in front of God that indeed your sins are forgiven. And here, by God's gracious promise, by his covering in the midst of our sin, He gives you the ultimate refuge, the ultimate fortress, your eternal covering, and that is Jesus, his blood that covers you, the sacrament that covers you, the the, the promise of this very gospel that says, indeed, you are a child of God. For those who uh, believe in him, he gave them the right to become children of God, John 1.12, and we very well know 
that though we are unable, there is Jesus who, who would tear the curtain into two, for he is uh, at his uh, death uh, and resurrection, and there he would provide and is the way to be with God. That return, that reconciliation. And this is our study for today. All right. I know we zipped through that today. Apologies. But uh, hopefully, if you look at the board, we went through a lot, right? Man, look at that, right? (laughs) So review it. Go over it. Look at the board. Look at what we've talked about before and after. Remember, consequence of sin, before and after. But yet, mother of all living, that subtle hint of of the living Christ, the living word, gracious covering of God, uh, though he is cast out, again, there is that unshaken hope. God, Jesus, oneness by his blood, by his sacrifice for the forgiveness of your sins. Let us pray. Dearly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Bless us, O Lord, in your gracious work, knowing full well that though we are sin, sinners and that we deserve nothing but condemnation, Lord, you give us your son. Thank you, O Lord, for this day that you have given us and sustained us in this one true faith. Strengthen us and lead us always in the word of your promise. Bless us in our coverings and grant us comfort and peace, knowing full well that you are with us until the end of the age. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, friends, thank you for joining me today. And if you missed some of this Please go back, rewind, click back, and and join us. If you miss any other Bible studies, please go back there uh, to our YouTube page. And there's so much stuff to read and and listen to. Um, Yes, there's so much stuff. Uh, So check it out. But until next time, have a wonderful day. Blessed Reformation Sunday. Join us this live Sunday, 9 a.m. No, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, for our live service, Reformation Day. What a great uh, day it will be. So join us. Love you all. Praying for you all. Until next time, remember, you are forgiven. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. Adios. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.